Hi listeners, this is Deborah from Lemaire Soulcrafts. I'm still getting used to my new name. I was about to say Mystic Wolf Soulcrafts. And I'm here today with Reina, and she is a healer, intuitive, um, she does all kinds of amazing things, and she is a, a galactic contactee, she um, works with clients as just an all-around intuitive and healer. Uh, welcome everyone to Mystical Tea Time, where we drink tea and talk about all things ascension and spirituality. And today we're going to be talking about all kinds of things, galactic, ascension-related, spiritual awakening, and just kind of we're going to see what comes through, what wants to be told right now, just the stuff, uh, we're going to let it flow, this conversation, and I have been looking forward to this conversation for a while. So for those of you who know me, welcome back. And for those of you who are new, my name is Deborah, and I am a multidimensional channel, an intuitive mentor and artist. And if you want to stay up to date on all the podcast episodes, make sure to go to anchor.fm slash mystical tea time. And there you can find all available podcast links such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more, or listen by subscribing on YouTube. Okay, so here we are with Reina. And I've been looking forward to talking to you because we've been following each other on Instagram for, for a few months now or maybe a year. I, I don't really know, but I found your account and I read your bio and I was like, this lady seems super cool. She's about Atlantis. She's about Galactics. She, and then I started reading your posts and I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Everything I read, every single one was like, yes, I agree. Yes. Like, okay, I, I have to follow this person, definitely. Yeah, and, and each thing you post, each caption I read, I just completely agree with everything. It's like we're always, like, tapping into the same energies, I feel. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely always in sync with whatever we, we're posting, which is really beautiful. It's a nice synchronicity and a nice confirmation to know that um, someone else is sort of out there... Um, getting the same information I am and we're sharing it at the same time yeah yeah and and to me that's really extra confirmation because I know like on this journey it can get confusing overwhelming sometimes when you're getting these downloads and then you're you're processing it and you feel okay I have to share all of this and then when you see somebody else is posting the same stuff they're experiencing the same stuff they're getting the same information it's like that little tap on the shoulder, like, see, we're together, we're in this together, there's a whole bunch of us, like, spread out all over the world, and we're all in this together, that's the feeling I get. Yeah, I get the same feeling, it's been really um, <clears throat> remarkable to see the alignment of the messages um, within your posts and with, like, some other people's posts, too, that we're all sort of bringing through the messages at the, the same information at the same time. And disseminating them, like you said, like throughout the world, you know, and throughout our, you know, the different people that we're connected to. Yeah, yeah, and, and I can tell more and more people are kind of waking up to their multidimensional nature. And yeah, it's just beautiful to see that more and more people are waking up. 
So, yeah, tell me a little bit, because I don't really know, like, your whole spiritual awakening story. Can you kind of share how it all began for you? Um, I feel like I've had a very long and drawn-out spiritual awakening. <laughs> it didn't happen all of a sudden. One day I woke up and I was like, oh, I had, you know, I shifted in my perspective. Um when I was a child, I had deep memories of being um, from another planet. I would always, I remember being on the swing set and just sort of daydreaming, daydreaming about this um, other planet and, um, you know, that I saw in my, in my mind's eye. And um, I always kind of knew I wasn't from here. Um, and I would also have these sort of daydreams where I would be walking and then all of a sudden my like skin would fall off and I'd be this light being underneath mm -hmm. and everyone would see me for who I really am. <laughs> and this was kind of like a, like a fantasy that, that, you know, remained with me throughout all of my formative years. I would have this reoccurring thought of dropping my skin and being this light being underneath. Um, and then, you know, in the teenage and early 20 years, I kind of got away from those thoughts and just got very involved in, um, you know, the 3D, yeah. so to speak. And um, in my, I think I was around 25, um, I just started having more um, contact with spirit. So for instance, I was very close to my grandmother and then I was in the bathtub um, one night and I felt her presence and my arms li lifted up on their own. It was like someone had picked up my arms and lifted them up. And so that was my first introduction to sort of um, the subtle, the subtle world of spirit. And um, gosh, I could go on and on with story after story of <clears throat> interacting with the spirit world and you know people are things tapping on my back and astral traveling at night and visiting for the first time um being brought down into the akashic records during my dreams um and a lot of it was while i was studying um kabbalah that was like my first sort of mystical teaching but then you know there was something a little bit nefarious about it, so then I stopped. I stopped learning about it. <laughs> you got the good stuff out of there, uh, like the the stuff that resonated, and then the rest you were just like, okay, I'm done now with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anything too um, kind of fundamentalist, like I'm just not good with. Like I'm not a joiner. I I tend to sort of um, like to experience things, and then I sort of go on to the next thing. Um, I guess they call that spiritual tourism. So, um, yes, I've definitely studied and been a part of many, many different paths of study. Um, you know, I've been to India and I've done, you know, studied with a guru over there. He's since passed. Um, and so I've just, you know, I kind of, it's almost like I've been picking up the, the memories of my past lives putting them in a basket, yeah. like, oh yeah, I'm going to come over here, and I'm very much kind of, um, you know, like a scientist, like I like to study people, and um, I don't know, just sort of go into different worlds and put on different identities, and um, 
I've had extraterrestrial contact. Um, so there's, I mean, it's been a very long Just a, a bunch of puzzle pieces put together, basically. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. So I had it wasn't like one overnight I, you know, shifted into the spirituality. It was a lifetime of re-remembering and gathering all the pieces together and taking all the classes and um, working with so many different teachers and so many different healing modalities to where I finally sort of um, integrated it all and began to do things on my own. Yeah, yeah, because for some people you hear that like they're one person one day and then the next day they have this really spectacular kundalini awakening and they're this entirely different person, but, but that was not my experience either. So I was curious yeah. to, to hear how that went for you, but it's kind of similar to my own experience. So yeah, and I think for a lot of people that's how it goes. It gradually just builds up and little by little they realize that they're not at all the same person they were 10 years ago or 20 years ago. And yeah, I think that's, that's how it is for most people. Yeah, exactly. I, um, I don't really know anyone that has had like a, um, well, I don't know anyone personally that has had an instant awakening. I feel like for many of us, it's just years, year after year of kind of like slogging through the, yeah, and the also, yeah, brain, having these the, these things happen the to you, yeah. Yeah, that's a good, that's actually a good metaphor, the basket, and, and collecting things. I've never looked at it that way. That's a good metaphor. <laughs> yeah, it's, slow and steady wins the race, I guess, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, for me, I, I've been, in, uh, like, into spirituality and the elementals and angels and all that stuff, but, but the... Um, the star seed stuff, the cosmic stuff, that only entered the picture in 2012, I think. Before that, I wasn't really linking the two together. It's only, like, yeah, around 2012, that's when I started putting them together. Yeah, I think the same, same for me, too. Like, I had my extraterrestrial memories and experiences, but then I didn't really sort of... Um, put it all together with the, you know, fairies and angels and all of that and like how that, how it all came, um, kind of works together in one kind of, um, I don't know, one, one plane of existence and, and, and I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's all connected and yeah, I, I used to think, okay, aliens exist. I believe in aliens. Cool. And like I've had like memories that I thought I was making up but now I know of course they were actual memories <laughs> that when I was yeah. uh, like a maybe two or three year old child and I was in my bed and there were beings standing around me but I, they had different faces like I still don't really know who they were but they were kind of checking up on me they were like making sure I was okay and stuff but then later I I kept seeing that image again and I'm like, oh, it all makes sense now. Of course, they were checking up on me and like I intuitively knew, okay, they were high dimensional like ETs that were keeping tabs on me basically. <laughs> yeah, and it's a fine line like what is an angel and what is an extraterrestrial light being, you know? So I think that the main difference 
for me in my mind is in the in the angelic realm is you know they're simply here to be supportive of the beings on the planet so they have no other agenda you know they can't interfere in our free will they have no other agenda other than to um, help us when we ask for help and so the extra extraterrestrials they have an agenda to sort of um, wake up our dna to sort of help us remember who we are and that we do come from them um, in some form or another. And so um, that's kind of how I delineate the two. Because in feeling, when you really feel into their frequency, while they have um, very different energies, um, they can they both feel really light and very expansive and very, um, you know, able to assist us. But the, the agendas are a little different. Not that wanting to help us remember who we are as extraterrestrials is a negative thing. It's just they might guide you in a way that's very differently than an angelic being who has no agenda. They don't care if you remember anything. They're just literally here to assist in whatever way that you ask them to yeah that's that's actually you that's perfect the way you you put that yeah because the thing is today only just today i put a new service on my website um it's called it's like about angel messages because i i do the akashic records readings but now i also put a new thing on there about angel messages and it feels to me like it's just a lighter energy and with the Akashic Records I feel like it gets very personal and it can get very deep and personal because these these guides like the star guides that are coming through they truly want their person to remember who they are it's like they want to wake them up and be like but like in a loving way they because they know the potential that they have they want to wake them up and they, they give so much information and, and, yeah, and I felt like, okay, but maybe some people aren't really ready for all of that and they just want some kind of angelic guidance. So I was like, okay, maybe I should add a service, just purely angel messages, just angelic frequencies and just messages from the angels. So I just, I did that today. So it's, it's funny that you just explained the difference because that's perfect the way you put that. Yeah, I primarily only work with the angels unless another extraterrestrial guide comes in. Um, we can work with those too. But usually I, I really only work with the angelic guides because their intentions are so pure, you know. Um, and I enjoy, you know, those are the, the beings that I enjoy connecting with the most actually. Yeah, they, they do have this really unconditional, loving energy. Yeah. And then when you understand that um, they all have their different expertise, so to speak. So um, when you really understand the subtle frequencies of the um, angelic beings, like a popular angel that people love to work with is Archangel Michael, which is very much that warrior frequency. Um, it's very protective and very activating and very, he's all about sort of self-empowerment. Um, when you feel that sort of, so what it is, it's like an impersonal frequency that you're feeling. 
versus a personal frequency. If you're working with an extraterrestrial, it might be more of a personal frequency, but his frequency is kind of the blanket warrior um, frequency that he can activate within your you know, cells. Um, you start learning the sort of subtle frequencies of what the angelics have to offer, the sort of scale of frequencies of the different angelics too. Um, and the more that you work with a particular angel, the more you'll instantly recognize that feeling you get when you call them in. Yeah, Archangel Michael is my favorite angel of all the angels ever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that's he's actually like the angel, angel CEO. So to yeah, he's you know. he's like the <laughs> right hand of God, basically. Yeah, that's what I like to call him. Yeah, I love Michael. <laughs> Yeah, he's when I was going through a really tough time in 2017, I went through kind of a rough time. And that's how, like, I ended up with my mentor, Beth Catherine. She, she's amazing. And I took um, a six-month class about working, like, it was all about Archangel Michael and working with the blue, um, the Blu-ray frequency. And, like... Yeah, I if if it weren't for just working with Archangel Michael, I don't know. Like he that gave me so much power and just encouragement and I had to make some really tough decisions in my life at that point. And I truly feel that it was because I I allowed that frequency into my life and I literally said, "Okay, I'm I'm surrendering it all over to you and and I'm asking for your help and help me." And, and basically, it just all started, like, unraveling, and, and it was, like... Oh, yeah, and, and that's why I'm like, okay, everyone needs to know about this, that they're not alone. They have all these angels that are dying to help them. Basically, they're like, we're here. You just have to call upon us, and we can help you. <laughs> yeah. And activating those frequencies within our, our um, ourselves is really empowering you know, allowing them to come in and activate the specific frequencies that they carry um, can be very empowering. And also surrendering, I think, is a big part of what we're being asked to do as things intensify on the planet. And we realize that so much is out of our control and all these changes that are happening are necessary um, for this sort of planetary awakening. But as things seem to kind of unravel on the planet, I think our innate reaction is to try to control, control, like, how do we, how do we prepare for this? How do yeah. we, you know, make sure we're living in the right place or have enough food or have enough water or, you know, our kids are in the right schools or, you know, just all these different things that we're trying to control um, to kind of preempt or, you know, get ahead of some situation on the planet that might occur um, or may not occur. Um, I'm not saying that's going to occur. I'm just saying, like, I feel like that's the energy in the the world right now is we're all trying to get ahead of or control the situation. And I think that um, really focusing on surrendering right now is the best tool that we can give ourselves and just relaxing into that moment and then calling in these angelic frequencies and asking them for assistance you know you can't you can't um be in control and surrender at the same time and so and then expect like you can't try to control the situation 
and then call in the angelic um, realm for help while you're still trying to control everything. If that, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that so the sense. biggest, I think, tool that we can have is like just surrendering and trusting in the moment and staying in the moment and then calling on these angelic um, forces to help us in that state of surrender is the best way, I think, to access those energies. Yeah, the way, the way I like to put it is basically you're on a cliff and you just have to jump and you have to trust that there's going to be an angel that's going to catch you. You don't know what's yeah. going to happen when you jump, but you have to trust that you will be taken care of, that somebody's going to catch you. Yeah, and so I think what a lot of people have the tendency to do is like, they'll be on the edge of the cliff and they'll call in the angel for the assistance and then they'll be like, okay, and now I need you to build me a bridge across, and the bridge needs to be made out of wood, and it needs to be three feet wide, and then, you know, um, and that's how we're going to get across, and I need you to come help me build this bridge. When really, if you were to just relax and let go and trust, you would step on the wings of the angel, and he would fly you right across, or she, whatever energy um, that angel has, but that angel would just fly you across to the other side. You don't have to like control everything. You don't have to tell them how to build the bridge because you're making it so much, you know, you're making it so complicated. Yeah. So if you step out of your own way, um, an easier, easier path will present itself. Um, so. Yeah, that is, that's perfect. And we have such a hard time with that, don't we? Getting out of our own way. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, and, yeah. I think, in the, um, you know, I think most of the planet really struggles with abundance because of our programming. Um, you know, we're very programmed to <laughs> be in lack. Um, and so I think one of the, the biggest ways we get in our own way is with our own abundance, trying to figure out how, the, how we're going to create bund abundance in our way, you know, like by almost over planning and not trusting our um our path to abundance yeah i used to be like that i definitely used to do that here and there in the past but then what what happens with a lot of us is you get to this point where you're either gonna just crash and have like a mental breakdown and realize that that it's not working what you're doing is just not working or you're just gonna have some kind of like experience where you're like okay i give up i give up and whatever yeah. and and that's basically what I did I was like okay I'm done I'm not doing this on my own anymore I need help <laughs> yeah yeah I'm just moving the more we can move into that space of trust is really how the alignment to um, you know more flowing life happens and it's hard because then you're, you know you have to let go of control which humans mm. we like to control everything <laughs> yeah and i feel definitely with covid now because you and i we we've kind of had that like epiphany before covid we've been on this journey and now a lot of people they suddenly realize that they're no longer in control of their job they're not in control of their income of of their future and they are going through this experience right now so, so yeah, and it's hard for us because we go through ups and downs and then I think, okay, 
imagine how how hard it must be for these people that are not on this journey that we're on so so yeah it's it's definitely i think that more and more people are going to reach that point of okay i i just give up because there's it doesn't matter what i do i plan something i try to be in control something happens that makes me unable to keep hold of that control and more and more people are going to have to like they're realizing that you're never in control yeah it's very it's very true i mean that's definitely a test of our our times right now is um you know as things get more intense like we just you know we can't control so why bother you know yeah <laughs> just exactly harder on ourselves <laughs> Yeah, that's that's truly the way I started and I I'm so much more relaxed ever since that became the way I lived my life. Yeah. <laughs> and and then I I just really want to tell everyone, yeah. Really learning to embrace living in the moment is um the best tool that we can have. You know, moving out of, you know, anxiety is really most of anxiety is based in the future. You know, the future anticipation of what people will think or, you know, not having a job or, you know, dying or, you know, whatever it is, like most of the anxiety is based in the future. So when you, you really learn to live in the moment and appreciate the moment, a lot of that anxiety dissolves because you're not, that's not where your, what your mind is focused on. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, the you're, moment. you're not, enjoying the now moment that you're in you're basically not really in the now because you're constantly thinking about a moment that's not even arrived yet yeah so it's um we're, we're really being forced to utilize all of our skills right now of staying in the moment and surrendering um is all i can say i mean i speak for myself that's what i'm moving into more and more every day and really working on releasing a lot of that trauma in the, in the cells as well is one of my main focus. It's really going deep and sitting in my own discomfort because the energies on the planet are so intense, especially I think Thursday is the eclipse. So that's like another, you know, this diagonal energy, celestial energy coming in on the planet and on the on Thursday is another opportunity to really purge on a cellular level. Um, and then one of the other skills that we have to get really good at is sitting in our own discomfort and going deeper and deeper into it um, until we really reach that, you know, where the discomfort lives in our bodies, where the discomfort lives in ourselves. So then we can, you know, bring that up and release it because you know, the tendency is to go away from the pain, is to feel the pain and tense up and then distract, you know, um, find something to distract ourselves from the pain. But the more we can kind of sit with the discomfort and go deeper and deeper into that discomfort, especially on these high energy days, and eventually I feel like every day is going to be a high energy yeah. day. Because that's, that's what I've been noticing it, lately. <laughs> Yeah, you know, we're living in high energy days. So that means we're living in high discomfort days. And so the more we go towards that discomfort and learn to sit with our discomfort and embrace it and not um, run away from it or see ourselves as failures, 
you know, I think there's a misconception in, in spirituality that every day is going to be a great day once you reach a certain level. And that's just not true. Because we've lived so many lives on the planet and we have so much um, ancestral and past life and all this trauma that's stored in our bodies. Um, it's just not, you know, for most of us, I, I don't want to say this in totality. I mean, there's probably some masters that maybe they've incarnated without all this baggage that most of us have. Um, you know, we're going to, we just have to become masters at sitting in our own discomfort so we can release it. And we're also releasing it for the collective because we're one, you know, we're all fractals of the one. So we also, as sort of people with spiritually aligned paths, we are not only releasing it for ourselves, but we're releasing it for the collective. Yeah, so that, that's what I've been, other. that's what's been like coming to me lately too, more and more, that that's why we're not all like, there is this temptation for, to like group together and all go live in Bali together in a, like a spiritual community and be together all the light workers of the world just hang out together in one little island but that's not why we're here we're here to be like a network all around the world so that we can be some kind of a light bulb or like a lighthouse for those around you that are like on the cusp of waking up and yes. then because your energy is there you can feed them a little bit of the light that they have and like it's like a magnet their light is going to be attracted to your light and then they can grow their light and if we're all over the world then everyone can grow their light does that make sense yeah no i 100% agree i um i live in a place where there's a lot of i live in los angeles where there's a lot of um quote unquote spirituality happening here um And it's a lot of different levels of spirituality, ranging from like very superficial, just wanting to be spiritually perfect, um, and and from you know the real deal. There's some really real, powerful uh, spiritual beings here, and you know everyone's vibrating at a different level. So like even if we were to form some like spiritual community here, there's still going to be disruptions in the community because wherever you are, you know, you're there with yourself. You're still having to work through these, um, these blocks and these, these traumas. And, um, we think a lot of the idealism that comes within the spiritual communities that, Oh, we'll all be together and we'll all think alike and we'll all, you know, have this, great life um, is a little bit of an illusion because you realize like, you know, the work is really the, the dark stuff, you know, um, and whether you join a spiritual community or have an opportunity to do that or not, it doesn't really matter because you're always with yourself and you're always going to need mm -hmm. to um, sit with that, with that um, discomfort of your shadow and your trauma. Um, yeah. And even in, in relationships, like my my boyfriend is on his own spiritual journey and there's a lot of stuff that we agree on and then there's stuff, but that's the, the soul contract that we made, that we will be each other's biggest mirrors. So when there is an argument, it is going to blow up. But after a half hour of arguing, we can get together and we can be like, oh my God, you exposed 
so much shadow that nobody else could have showed me. So I so thank you for that because now I have something to work with. And yeah. so one that's my, yeah. One of my favorite things is um, I don't know who I, I I heard this oh a long time ago and I don't know who said it but it was like if you really want to spiritually evolve marry someone that you hate. So <laughs> meaning that. Um, the more, so you, you marry this partner that you just can't stand because all the aspects of yourself that you can't stand, um, I mean, all the things in that person that you can't stand are aspects of yourself that need to be healed. Yeah. A fully evolved person with nothing to heal, no traumas to um, mend, won't be triggered by anyone because because the things that trigger us, the things that annoy us, those, those disowned aspects, you know, you see like the worst of humanity um, you know, on full display, like maybe in a war or maybe in a dictator or whatever, we have to understand that like we also carry within us these shadow aspects. We also within us have a complete psychopath that lives within us that needs to be healed. You know, so I guess the idea with that saying is like, if you can work through all of your triggers with this person that you hate, then you fully become whole. Exactly, yeah become a whole person again so it's not necessarily a negative thing <laughs> no i i think you do have to be ready to to have that communication to to be open in such you have to be completely transparent with each other and trust each other and know that even when they make you angry you're still going to be emotionally like there's going to be space held for your emotions and it's not going to be used against you. There's going to be space for all of your emotions and that you can come back to each other and, and that the communication is always there, that you keep, like, you stay yeah. in communication. Yeah. I mean, I say, I say marry someone that you hate very lightly because obviously, you know, um, that's not really... Um, emotionally healthy <laughs> no and you don't want them like to poison you in your sleep or something yeah, either or so. functional <laughs> like you do want to have a nice life you know so like maybe there's some balance to that <laughs> yeah but it's like kind of an extreme example of how much integrating we actually do need to do as as a um, to become whole again to really integrate all these fractal aspects of ourselves even the dark you know mostly you know the disowned dark sides of ourselves. Yeah, and we've had so many different lifetimes too. Like, there's people that are like, oh, I've never killed anyone. I've never done anything bad in any of my lifetimes. You've been everything. You've done everything. Yeah. You've, yeah. There, you've had so many different lifetimes and so many experiences. And you also need to, as a soul, have all of these experiences and the contrast. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I think from that perspective, too, you can have a lot of compassion for um, the perpetrators of the world. I had a, um, a client that was very, um, he was of um, partial indigenous, I think, Mexican descent. And um, he was very into the whole social justice movement and um, very anti-capitalism and anti you know, white, um, misogynist, uh, whatever the, you know, the, the deal is, um, in that movement that's happening right now. 
And so when we did the energy work, you know, and I compassionately listened to him and he had some good points. Like, yeah, there's indigenous people have been robbed and destroyed and reduced in our society. And that is 100% not right. And it's, you know, wrong um, for, for a reason. You know, they, they actually carry the um, ancestry of the earth within their cultures. So that's one of the reasons they have been destroyed and decimated and belittled, reduced. But anyway, so I was working with him and we, we, I saw within his, his past lives, like he had been a white male perpetrator who had harmed indigenous people in his past lives. And so when we, when I talked to him about it, I was like, you've got to understand that we have these multiple lives that we live where we're all um, either a victim or a perpetrator or a healer or, you know, we're all working within these, um, you know, the multidimensionality of our lives and none of us really have a leg to stand on. And so when I um, told him this, his mind was just kind of like, yeah. like exploded and he was like, what? And then he had to really sit with that information about himself and it, it helped him to understand um, a more compassionate perspective for um, humanity in general and for for these people that he felt were perpetrators because at one point he himself was that. So um, coming from that point of view really offers, in my opinion, a space from which real deep healing can be experienced and forgiveness can be experienced on the planet. So we're not just pointing fingers, we're all owning this you know, shitstorm, excuse me, um, that we've created on the planet together. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I, I love about past lives. You get to see so many different pieces of the puzzle of who you are on a soul level. Yeah. Like the connection with the people around you, like with my children, with my, my ex, with my partner now, my mother, my brothers, I, you get to see all these different connections and then when you start to understand that there's no such thing as linear time that it's all happening right now that all these different yeah. aspects of you exist right now that makes it even yeah. more like then people's brains are going to be like exploding completely <laughs> yeah but like right yeah. now you're a healer and then you're also like you know beating your wife you know yeah <laughs> like, but it's that contrast that on your your like oversoul needs that contrast so you can put them side by side and they they're all pieces of of the puzzle yeah, yeah. it's definitely and interesting for, one of the things that i find really profound is like the work that you do in this life will also help sort of um, ricochet through your your other lives yeah. So if you're doing your healing work in this life, you're also healing those those past lives, and that now person is also experiencing a level of healing at the same time. So maybe on a different timeline, the healing work that you did in this life is going to um, kind of have a or create a trajectory in another lifetime where maybe you were healed on some level and you didn't end up beating your wife. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so if that makes sense. Yes, yeah, that's that, that to me that makes sense. I know that like you can influence the past by doing something else now. It all makes sense. 
I don't know if you if you've uh, ever watched The Flash, that show The Flash. No. On Netflix. Anyway, yeah, that is a perfect example of timelines and altering the timeline. They're constantly like jumping through time loops and portals and they're altering timelines and when they do something in the future it like has an effect on the past and I, I feel like the people that created that show they were probably not on purpose but they were channeling information quantum information for the regular per, like people for people to just like slowly start understanding what our world is really made of, what our universe is really made of. And when I watch that show, I'm like, they're talking about quantum physics. This is a science fiction yeah. show on Netflix, but they're like secretly putting real stuff in there. I love this. <laughs> yeah, they have. Um, yeah, I always wonder, like, are they consciously writing that in or are they subconsciously um, putting in the ideas. I always wonder, like, from what perspective the writer or the producer or whoever in charge, yeah. you know, are they, is, is this a conscious choice or is this a subconscious choice? Yeah, I think for a lot of them, they're probably not aware that they're being influenced by, by these angelic beings or star beings, that they're channeling these whole movie yeah. scripts and that they're not aware that they're just channeling stuff. They They're probably like, Oh my god, I came up with this amazing story. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Could be that or they're they, doing it yeah. on purpose. Could be that they that they're really putting it in there on purpose. That they know that they're that that's what they're doing. Maybe. Yeah, one of my favorite um shows is the original Star Trek when I was little. I just loved it. You know, not knowing like in my mind, you know, I thought, "Oh, this is, you know, just a show on TV." But I just loved it. Like I really clung on to the idea of space and like they're zooming around in a ship with all the different mm -hmm. um, species of, of beings. Yeah. And um, now as a you know more conscious person, uh, I'm realizing like we're drawn to that stuff because we're really just kind of remembering it on a subconscious level. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I remember in the beginning of like awakening to the, the cosmic aspect of spirituality that I was constantly questioning myself. I'm like, I'm just making that up because I, I watch too many science fiction movies. I'm just like tapping into subconscious memories of movies I watched, blah, blah, blah. Like tr my ego trying to tell my higher self, oh, yeah, you're, you're lying. That's just stuff that, you know, trying to discredit your your memories your ego is always trying to be like nah that's not real you're just imagining that but it's all based all the signs like avatar when i watched yeah. avatar i'm like i don't know why but that left such an impact on me that movie and like this this is not just a movie there's something more to this movie and it yeah. had yeah it had that the effect on a lot the, of people the way that the um i don't know what those Blue beings were called, but the way those blue beings lived and operated was such a deep remembering um, to them, to me, like the Lemurian frequency. Um, you know, maybe like the lower Lemurian frequency because they were hunting animals. <laughs> yeah, to me, it felt definitely felt like something ancient that was based on yeah. on something that really happened. Yeah. 
Yeah, but their connection to that, the knowing of the oneness, the home tree or whatever, or the that one tree in the end. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree. But you know, it's it's interesting. Like it's hard unless you have these experiences with um, you know extraterrestrials or angelic beings. Um, and even then, even after having experienced those things, you still question yourself because the the reality around us informs us that this doesn't exist. You know, and any rational you know left-brained person is going to tell you that this that's crazy or you know it's in your mind and then they try to explain spirituality away when they hook the, the people's brains up to the computers and they just say well that's just brain impulses giving you these illusions of spirituality but i think until you have a deeper experience um of these things it's hard to really grasp that um these beings really exist. Yeah, who was it? It was uh, Daryl Anka who channels Bashar. Are you familiar with Daryl Anka? I think so. Yeah, I think he's here in LA. He's like a movie maker too. Yeah, right? yeah, and and yeah. I really love his channelings. He did like he did some experiments with a scientist, and they hooked him up with all the electrodes and stuff to to a screen, and somehow they were able to uh, detect consciousness and show that on the, the screen and the moment he started channeling the consciousness thing wasn't like lighting up or something it wasn't detecting any consciousness his consciousness so he said okay so I'm still talking then who is talking if you're not picking up on my consciousness who is talking my mouth is still moving so that's basically what that experiment was trying to say. Like, look, you can't explain everything with science. Some Something like, or you can actually, because it wasn't picking up on his consciousness, but he was yeah. still talking. Or our current understanding of science. Yeah, yeah. You know, I feel like it's so, we're going to understand one day how archaic our science really is. And like, the definitive you know right now there's a culture of like definitive knowing around science um when really you know no we don't really know we thought we knew 100 years ago and 100 years before that but we actually didn't really know yeah but i think that continues <laughs> to evolve and we have to have that space you know or, or that place in science for the unknown and holding those um unknown truths because how if if we don't give us, if we don't allow ourselves the space for the unknown, then how are we going to expand past our current constructs of science? Yeah, yeah. If we think we know everything, that we've reached the limit of everything there is to know. If you're not open to some kind of miracle, I guess, or magic or something, if you think, okay, yeah. we have determined how everything works and we've reached the limit of 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 everything we can reach, techno technologically speaking, then you're not going to evolve. But yeah, that's the thing that's been coming forward for me personally, to evolve on a technological level, you have to spiritually be equally evolved. So if we want to get into space and we want to do, um, like, we want to shoot all kinds of ships out into space, we have to be equally spiritually evolved to understand that we need something else to what we know. Yeah. 
And I think a lot of it, the a more recent sort of a message that I channeled was this sort of the higher the um, technology is, the simpler it is. Because at a certain point, we, we've become so evolved where we can focus and align our consciousness in a way that controls matter. Yeah. So sometimes those UFOs in the sky, they're not actually ships. Those are focused consciousness. Mm. You know, they're focused um light frequency from a consciousness moving around in our skies they're not like a ship like we think everything yeah. is so like it becomes less like, dense it becomes less yeah yeah we're not um so like one of the things that when i work with the Canadians, they show me like they're very often like not even in their physical bodies they're projecting their consciousness out into the the cosmos so you can you can have extraterrestrial um interaction with a ball of light and that is a fully embodied consciousness not embodied but that's a fully um encompassed consciousness in that ball of light but we think that everything has to be in a physical form or some sort of like physical container to be intelligent life and that's just not true yeah i've seen i've like i've seen similar things like sometimes i'll just be meditating and they'll just show me images and uh like i've seen images of them just sitting like in these sort of chambers like with crystals or something or like something that's keeping them like charging them or something and they're sitting there and they're projecting their consciousness out to communicate with other beings elsewhere in wherever the universe and they're physically still where they were but their consciousness is just somewhere else and they can kind of direct where they are going, but their body is still just wherever they left it. Yeah, I've seen that too. And, you know, and it's interesting because we really see that as we evolve in our spirituality, we become less about the external and we become more about the internal. So on the, so while to kind of like a, an unconscious person, they might look at us and say, you know, your life is you're just sitting around all day you know you're sitting at home and you're meditating and you're like drinking your tea and you're not doing much like what are you doing but to us like we're having like when we're in those deeper states of yeah. meditation or deeper states of awareness there are universes upon universes upon universes that we're actually exploring within so going within is so much more expansive and so much more of um you know unexplored territory than our external. So I think as we evolve spiritually, we understand that like we're going in for the experience and within that is, um, you know, a trillion times more experiential than, than this sort of external plane that we're, we're taught to focus on. Exactly. I love talking to you because you are just putting the words in my mouth. Everything that, that, like, that I can't find the right words for, you're just saying it right now. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> But I was thinking that because, like, these experiences that I have, I'll, uh, I co-sleep with my son. He's, he's a year and a half, and we sleep in the same bed. We co-sleep, and he goes to sleep, and the moment that he's in a deep sleep, Like, I'll talk to his higher self and I'll tell him, okay, I'm going into meditation now. You wait for me and together we'll, and we meditate together. And his higher self oh, is beautiful. there because I, I, I was visited by his higher self when I was pregnant. So I, I kind of always kept that connection. And then I'll meditate and he's asleep and 
are like kind of we meditate together <laughs> and his higher self and we like travel to the Pleiades and we sit there and we just kind of recharge our batteries and I can tell I can just tell that he knows that we're meditating it's like he'll give me this look sometimes when he like when he's awake he's just walking around and he's he's like he's 18 months old doing typical toddler stuff and he'll just look at me sometimes like you know who I am you know who yeah. I re- yeah <laughs> and yeah I know that like when he gets older he'll start like forgetting but like my daughter she's six years old now and she's I can feel that she's like entering the 3D more and more she's going through that veil of forgetfulness getting deeper into the typical earth existence and because she would tell me all kinds of stories when she was little about angels about imaginary friends about all kinds of stuff but now it's starting to fade away I feel yeah I think that's hard like as a you know spiritually conscious parent just to allow our children to have whatever experience they're gonna have because my inclination is to sort of like push and like keep it alive and like tell me remember you know and like but then um, there's another side of me that's like no just let them go let them go let them um be who they need to be because maybe they need to forget so then they can remember and have more of a, a deeper experience um so i think that's with any parents you know spiritually conscious or not you know it's important to let them have their own experience but it is hard, I find, like, I want to, I always find myself <laughs> trying to help them hold on to the remembering, and I'm not 100% sure if that's always a good idea or not. So I, I try to ride that fine line of, um, you know, letting them evolve into who they're, they're kind of meant to be on their own, and, you know, holding them to the remembrance of, of their spiritual side. Yeah. Yeah, I think as mine gets gets a little older, I'm going to be doing the same thing, going to be like, well, you know that you're more than just your lifetime right now, right? You know you're more than just Nora. And she'll be like, yeah, whatever, Mom. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my son, my son is really... My daughter, she's almost 12, and she's really kind of held on to it more on her own but my son is more like um very left brain very rational well that doesn't make sense so that can't exist you know so i'm just kind of like okay (laughs) yeah it's hard yeah it's like me and my brother we used to do automatic writing when we were children my mom she she's a channeler and she taught us automatic writing when we were just little kids and I was like, oh, this is fun. I'm going to do this. Yay. And and I kept on doing it. But then my brother did it too when he was like eight and nine years old. But then he stopped doing it. And he, he even uh, started denying that he ever did. Oh, I never did that. What are you talking about? I never did that. He's in his 30s now. But he, he did. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. you know, we're all here experiencing what we're here to experience, I suppose. You know, there is no right or wrong. Like, you don't have to wake up, and you don't have to be on the spiritual path. You don't, you know. But once you're on it and you are awakened, like, there's no getting out of it, you know. <laughs> no, you can't unsee what, what has been seen. <laughs> yeah. So that I find is 
you know, I have a really good friend um, who is recently kind of awakened in the past couple years, and she's like, this is so hard, this is so hard, I, I want to, you know, I want to stop this. I don't want to, you know, I want to go back to sleep. And, um, and she can't. No. She's in a lot of resistance to it, and but she can, and so she's really quite miserable right now because um, she wants to just and forget what she's learned and go back to sleep and just watch TV and work and, you know, make dinner and go to bed. But now that she's more awake, she can't do that. And so she's questioning things and looking within herself and looking and looking within is so hard for us. It's, you know, because we just um, have been trained to just distract ourselves. Yeah. And to seek external validation constantly. That's what yeah. we've been conditioned to do. Yeah. And we never find it, so we keep seeking. Mm. And so it keeps us very busy. Very busy seeking the next thing to give us um, that exit of not feeling. Yeah. Did you ever have a phase in your life where you were like, okay, I'm done with, with all the spiritual stuff, back to normal, I'm going to try to fit in? No, because I always, um, I was always kind of normal on the exterior, and then I would have all, you know, then I'd go home and be like, have uh, you know, psychic experiences, or talk to the fairies, or, you know, and some people knew what I was up to, but not many. It was always like something I was very closeted about, because I didn't mm -hmm. want to be the weirdo. You know, I didn't want anyone to think I was crazy. Because oh, yeah. in because I also because sometimes I thought I was crazy. Yeah, you know? I think I think even the uh, people that have been on this path for so long, I think they still might question themselves sometimes. Like, yeah. okay, like now I'm schizophrenic or something. I don't know, but <laughs> and yeah. you, but you know when you go within, you know that it's all really happening. That all this that you're receiving, all this information, all these these experiences, that it's just that that is the real reality, and the stuff that we've been conditioned to see is actually the dream state. Yeah, I yeah I would have to agree, and I think eventually you you um. You have you have such consistent experiences with um, changes in frequency and vibration around your physical body that there's really no way to deny it anymore. No, yeah. Then you just you have to admit it. It's like when I just started doing readings a couple of years ago. I'm like, okay, this information is coming really fluently. Like, how am I sure I'm not just making it up? But then people would confirm like over and over and over again things that I yeah. could have could never have known and then you have to just learn start to trust it you have to start to trust what comes through start to trust your intuition and yeah that's a hard one for a lot of people trusting their intuition that's something we don't like to believe that there is this that we are that powerful yeah i think that's you know, learning to trust yourself is a huge part of um, the spiritual path. Um, and one of the hardest parts of the spiritual path. Because we tend to sort of export all of our um, validation into someone else's hands. You know, and even even as a, you know, 
I don't know. I don't even know. I think I just call myself a healer, maybe as a facilitator of energy um, and a bringer of sort of greater awareness to people. Um, one of the biggest things I get is people just wanting to be validated. Like, you know, I'm right, right? My intuition was right, right? Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> so I, I often validate, but I also want to tell them, like, okay, but you know that you just need to listen to yourself, right? <laughs> Yeah, and that is, yeah. Nine times out of ten, people, they already know, they already have the answers um, inside themselves. And we're just kind of mirrors of validation to help give them confidence to start believing in themselves. And that's what, what a good intuitive does, or healer, that's just being that mirror for their own light. Yeah. Yeah. It's like these people that I do readings for, then I go into their Akashic records and I'm like, okay, I see you um, over there and over there and over there. And they're like, oh my God, I've always known that I've had lifetimes in, in that and that and that place. I've always yeah. felt it. I just wasn't sure. I'm like, well, you can trust what you're feeling. There's a reason why you're attracted to these areas in the world. There's a reason why you like water. There's a reason why you like the beach or I don't know something like and then they get validated because they all they knew all along that there was something there that they were that they should have trusted their their inner guidance yeah exactly I think you know we need to be validated until one day we don't and then we have the confidence to go on our own and fully um, fully trust what we already know so it's a process. I mean, I myself needed to be validated, you know, all these years. Just like, I'm, you know, <laughs> aliens are real, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially when we have these peak energy moments. Yeah, like, I feel like ever since March, we've just been on this journey of constant energy, like constant intense energy. I've, that's the, 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 the best way to describe it. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, it's definitely getting more intense, and with it is more opportunities for rebirth and growth. And so the more you sort of surrender to the energies and go with what it's bringing up for you, the more um, expansive you're going to be able to get. Yeah, it's all about just surrendering, yeah. Yeah, if tomorrow during the eclipse you feel like, you know, totally depressed and totally anxious and so like uh, you know um that's okay the more you can go with it and go deep into that the more you're going to release it you know and then go on to the next level um and the next level the next level you know and eventually like you just get so practiced in writing and surrendering and writing these waves that um it's just easier it's easier to kind of let go and um move to the next level of the game I think but if you're not if you're resistance if you're resisting and resisting the next wave of energy will be like compounded it'll be even uh, yeah. you know harder <laughs> until you finally surrender um, and on like a collective level it's like there's so much resistance still in the world like we're just getting hammered so then the collective will finally surrender to the fact that these programs these structures that we've been living in for so long are so anti-human 
Um, yeah. You know, by life, you know, anti-freedom, anti-sovereignty, but we have to be like, you know, put under a certain amount of pressure um, to really realize that. Yeah, that's what I tell people. Like, they'll tell me, how can we be heading in the right direction? It looks like total chaos out there. And I always tell them, yeah, it looks like chaos, but this is what we need right now so that people will see that, that, that contrast that I mentioned before. You have to see the contrast. You have to, the blinders have to come off for you to see what's happening so that you can change it. Yeah. I mean, for sure, it's, it's um, and even within ourselves, like in a micro level, we have to be um, kind of put under pressure ourselves. So then we're forced to like surrender the things that are not working in our lives or surrender to the point where we have, where we're looking at things that need to be released. Um, so it's happening on a, like an individual level and a collective level and everybody's irritated. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know. and I see I see a lot of like ancestral stuff is coming up for a lot of people in families, a lot of blocks, like long time blocks that that you were able to like repress kind of for a lot of people. I see yeah. that they're coming up. There's no more like pushing them away or ignoring them. I feel all of this big stuff is coming up for a lot of people, plus the COVID stuff, plus all kinds of other political yeah. stuff worldwide. And it's just, it looks like chaos, but it's a good thing. Yeah. And I, in my opinion, the only way to get through it um, and not suffer uh, is to surrender. Yeah. You know, the more we can surrender, the more, the less suffering we have to do. Because within that surrendering is the release. Yeah. Um, and, and also knowing that we're not alone. And I think it's also asking people for help, asking not only the angelics for help, but just asking other people for help too. Because we always yeah. want to do everything alone. We want, it's like... We're only successful if we can manage to, to do everything on our own. But that's not the way life was back in Lemuria or other like ancient. Oh. We were together. We were doing things together. It's like like being a mom. You're being expected to do just all this stuff on your own to like do the household work, uh, take care of the kids and then be a person that's not completely just exhausted. We're supposed to like, we're supposed to be this perfect person, but we have to just ask for help. Yeah. And that's where I think we're finding community within each other. You know, we're slowly but surely as, um, you know, we're being separated by some of the COVID rules or whatever it is. Um, we'll get too deep into that, but, and then we're, then we're able to find community within that, you know, like-minded people can come together and start, you know, shifting out of the old individual paradigms into this sort of collective paradigm where we're working more together. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, I think one of the reasons why it was, it was so much easier back in the sort of Lemurian and high days of Atlantis 
to be in communities because we didn't have so much to hide from each other. You know, there's such a program of shame running through uh, through us, you know, in kind of this modern era um, or, or this now era that it's really it's hard for us to allow ourselves to be truly seen by one another because we have so much, so many programs of shame running through our subconscious. And, you know, how are we going to navigate this relationship in a way so we can hide our shame from the other person? You know, so we're constantly negotiating within our relationships. Um, how can I be, you know, appear to be this way so then that other person doesn't have to see who I really am, you know? <laughs> So that's kind of um, what we need to work on as a collective, too, is removing that collective shame so yeah. that we can actually have genuine connections and communities that are, are more functional. Yeah, and, and also this, this thing that we have to judge other people for not living up to this artificial image that the perfect person is supposed to be, like... We once we start accepting that it's okay to not be perfect, that we don't have to judge ourselves, then we will stop judging other people and we can truly start supporting each other more and receiving support from others. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, just really having more compassion, self compassion allows you to have more compassion for the other person. Um, and even I think it's important to mention um, teachers too. There's like a big phenomenon of new age teachers online now. Um, we're all trying to like assert our voice and give our message and all that. Um, but it's also really important to acknowledge that, you know, as teachers, sometimes we, we feel like we need to have all the answers and to project into the world that we have all the answers and that we are more evolved than we really are. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the majority of the sort of new age spiritual teachers out there need to really express and let other people understand that no, we're all going through this process of evolution and um, you know, we suffer and don't have all the answers and are still evolving and um, you know we're still very much humans too and you know I think I guess letting go of that spiritual ego is something mm -hmm. that I feel like needs to happen in the spiritual um, teaching community yeah and and I'm I'm kind of working on this spiritual mothering book. It's been like a project I've been doing for a while, but in that book I say like I didn't get to this point of writing this book for spiritual mothers by being a perfect mom. Quite the opposite. I didn't have a very balanced childhood, so I took a lot of the conditioning with me to when I became a mother and I had to rewrite a bunch of conditioning and yeah it's by making mistakes it's by being faced by my own imperfections and shadows that I got a bunch of revelations and was like okay I should write all this stuff down because I'm not I'm just kind of making it up as I go and I can't be the only one I should 
write this down so other people can can like read this <laughs> yeah and within within that i feel like um it's also important to understand that like your message is powerful even though you're not perfect in in perfect in the message does that make sense like even though we have all these messages and we have all this knowledge and we know that it's it's pure it's wonderful beautiful knowledge that's helpful that to, we don't have to also live up to that expectation of that we're living in alignment perfectly with that message. It doesn't invalidate the message just because we're not, um, we're not, we're still messing up. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> I think sometimes spiritual teachers on the flip side, they think, oh, I'm not really a teacher because I'm not perfect. I'm like, I'm, I'm a fraud or I'm an imposter because I've channeled this beautiful book on parenting, but yet I'm still at home, like, mm -hmm. snapping at my kids. Like, no, you are, you know, still a, a beautiful teacher and you have a beautiful message and it's, you are very powerful and it's just, you know, we're, we're all still learning. So it's important to also, on the flip side, not invalidate yourself because you're not perfect all the time. Or living up to your message all the time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I think that's why it's important, like, for us to just be authentic in in how we present ourselves on social media. Like, yeah. all right, when when I didn't have a great day, I'm like, okay, I've I've been going through stuff, and I feel like like there's really stuff coming up, and I'm feeling it, and I'm taking it slow, and I can feel that I need to. I'll share stuff like that, and then people will comment and be like. Oh, I've been feeling the same thing. It's nice to know that, that I'm not alone in this. Yeah. And it's nice to know that, like, just because someone's, a, you know, putting themselves out there as a teacher and have beautiful messages that are valuable, that they're also human, too, and, and going through their own stuff, which gives, permit, which gives people permission to also experience their stuff without the expectation that they have to be spiritually perfect or whatever they're failing you know yeah and the thing is you can't ever fail when you're here on earth you're never failing you're here doing very important work you're here as a fractal of source energy doing like collecting experiences for source energy to bring back and source isn't gonna judge you Oh, that experience is that experience is less valuable than that experience right there. All experiences are loved by source. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's really it's important to see the bigger picture. Yeah, yeah, that's that was actually just kind of surprised myself with that one. <laughs> that was yeah. <laughs> That was some deep stuff. Yeah, but it's true. And then you also learn to not judge another person because who am I to judge their experience or their life path? Yeah, exactly. And then circling it back around to the past lives. Yeah, exactly. You shouldn't... Yeah, because we've no been... No like to stand on. No, exactly. We're all... We've been everything and every everything you can imagine. You've probably been there. Yeah. Yeah like I have a friend and um, she's on this mission to really really just help people in this lifetime she she's all about assisting people 
and then in past lives she used to be um, a Roman like soldier that was killing people and burning villages yeah. I have some past lives like that too where I was really not a nice person um, and did a lot of harm to people and then I have this life where I'm really focused on assisting other people to become self-empowered and to clear out some of the, their traumas so they can you know experience their reconnection to source energy yeah and I've had lifetimes where I was a warrior in battle and where I like I could sense and see myself and I was like all about ego like oh I'm such I'm the best warrior blah 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 I'm gonna kill I'm gonna kill all these people here and I was like proud of my accomplishments like I'm so good at like I'm a, I'm a great warrior I'm good in battle I'm always winning every fight I have blah 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 and like sometimes that'll pop up do you have that too in past lives or like other soul aspects that are incarnated elsewhere in in um the universe like in on another timeline like in traffic i can get like that warrior will come out in traffic and like if somebody looks at me and i'm like out of balance i'm like what are you looking at me you want to fight or something like and then i i like i'm like what what am i saying who is this what am I doing? I like people. I love people. What am I doing? <laughs> I mean, but it's also, you know, I think too, like you're dropping down into the base chakra is where you're just like, it's like that fight or flight, yeah. you know, and that's easy to do. Like our whole society is set up um, to provoke us into survival mode. Our whole society is set up. So we live in the, the lower chakras of survival and fight or flight. Um, yeah, which, you know, we are moving out of when we move out of it. Who knows when, but we are moving out of that, luckily. Yeah, and the thing is, I think that once you're able to become the observer, like when you realize you get to choose how you respond to a situation that that even like you may not always have the perfect response, like I'll get mad in traffic, but then I will realize that I chose to do that, and I could have made a different choice. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's so, we could go in so many different directions with that, like having a nervous system that can handle, um, that can handle that type of, those type of situations also helps, because when you have a really, um, you're, you're living more in that parasympathetic nervous system, you're, you're more likely to be able to be more removed from the situation. And so that's the other thing in, in this age is really working on the nervous system and doing all the things, taking all the herbs, doing the exercises, doing the meditations, doing the yoga or whatever it is to really start living in that um, parasympathetic nervous system state. So then you have a calm enough um, body to be able to observe, you know, um, the moment and have more mindfulness practices. Because if you're not taking care, if you're stressed out all the time and you're not eating well and you're deficit, so your body's wired to be reactive. And so when you really take the time to um, really work on the nervous system, having a calm body allows you to make calm, observant choices. Yeah. Yeah, that's something I've definitely had to learn because I 
tend I used to be like, oh, I have this to do, I have this to do, oh my god, and then you get out of balance, and you forget that you, in order to like give to others you have to give to yourself first and you can give from a full cup but you cannot give anything from an empty cup yeah yeah and you know and like i i don't know if you noticed the difference between moving um from the u.s back to belgium the american culture that i live in is very like go 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 busy 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 you can't relax you know <laughs> So like, yeah, it's really cult, like going against the culture and cultivating that time to slow down. Um, yeah, B Belgium is a little better, but it's still Western uh, Europe, so it's kind of similar. But in yeah. some ways, it's a little better. Like when you go to a restaurant here, you have to wait. You have to wait longer before they serve you your food. In the U.S., they're just they're right there, and your food is right there. But and the, like yeah. the waiter is right there, and then they're talking, blah 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 blah. Oh, how's your food? Blah blah blah. You wolf it down, you like, yeah, you yeah. Eat really fast, and then you're like, blah, 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 and then you. Like, yeah. yeah, that's one thing over here. Yeah, you get to be more in the moment. You get to enjoy your food, and like, food is is kind of a, a big thing here. They really want people when they go out to dinner to enjoy their food and be in the moment, and they won't rush you. Like in the U.S., you'll see the waiter standing there, like. Come on, hurry! There's yeah. people waiting. They want to turn. They want to turn the table so they can make more money. Yeah, yeah, and that's the one difference I've noticed. But there's still the the work pressure, the financial pressure, all that stuff is very similar to the U.S. and like childcare and and all that stuff. Yeah, we we have a pretty good situation now where my my boyfriend he works from home so and we and I work out of the home still for 14 hours a week and I don't want to do any more hours because I also have my spiritual my my business still so I have that that I do but on I I can basically choose my own hours and then the baby well toddler I keep saying baby he's like a year and a half he stays home yeah, he's still a baby. He stays home with my boyfriend when I am out of the house. And then when he's working, I'm home with him. So we don't have to pay for childcare or anything. So we got That's a pretty nice good job. situation. But And then people judge us. Some people say like, oh, why why aren't you doing this or this or this? Or But then I'm like, well, this is what we're choosing. We're deliberately choosing to keep him at home, to spend time with him to be present with him for me to deliberately have a slower lifestyle a life where I have time for myself because I'm I know that I'm very sensitive to everything and if I overstimulate myself and just give myself a very busy schedule then I'm gonna have a burnout or something and I'm just not gonna do that to myself yeah I agree I'm, I'm wired similarly yeah, yeah, I'm gonna have to get going in a little bit. It's 7.30 here, and uh, my kids need to go to bed. <laughs> but I had a great time talking to you, and I feel like there's probably gonna be at least one more episode in the future, because I feel like we still, we have only covered the surface oh, yeah. of what we can, we can into, talk about. Yeah, we can get into all sorts of... Um, past life stuff or <laughs> we could talk all day <laughs> yeah yeah there's there's my my kid is by the door i hear her yeah i'm gonna 
have to go. She's probably getting me and telling me that dinner's ready. Another example of my, my amazing boyfriend, he cooks and he cooks very well, so. <laughs> oh, beautiful. Okay, yeah, well, I had a great time talking to you. And yeah, thank you so much for having me on. I, I appreciate this, um, this space that we've had to, to talk today. Yeah, it was really great just to, to talk to somebody that's that's like on the same level. It's it's fun to just like bounce off of each other, like the ideas, the stuff that's been coming through. It was really fun. Yeah, absolutely. I had a great time too. Thank you so much. Okay, well, I'll talk to you next time. Have a good day. Okay, you too. Bye. Bye. That's it for this week. I am so glad that you decided to tune in and join us for this episode. You can connect with Reina and her work on her social media and her website. All details will be mentioned below in the description box. I'd love it if you commented so we can keep the conversation going. And if you would like to donate, it would be greatly appreciated. Again, all uh, details will be mentioned below. And um, if you would like to stay updated on all the podcast episodes, all the details will also be mentioned below. You can listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or YouTube. And in between podcast episodes, you can watch uh, other videos and all kinds of stuff on IGTV on my Instagram. And I will see you next time. Bye.